Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And on this week's episode, we've got something a bit different for you. Effectively, I've been given the week off. Not in a Piers Morgan storming off the Good Morning Britain set sort of way, but so that we can share with you some insight into what's going on in the sphere of policy and regulation in digital advertising. And who better to take you on this oral journey of acronyms and policy rebrands than Christian James from the IAB's policy and regs team. They get into what we can expect next from the UK government on HFSS, where we've got to with the online safety bill and what's to come from the ICO's review of ad tech and real-time bidding. And if that wasn't enough, there's also a smattering of data adequacy that relates to Brexit in there for you too. So enjoy this first ever policy special. It's over to James, the other one. The IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB's first policy special podcast uh, with me, James Davies. I'm um, the public policy manager at the IAB and Christy Dennehy-Neal, who is the Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs at the IAB. Hi, Christy. Hi, James. Uh, There is an awful lot of policy uh, going on in the digital sphere at the moment. Um, Generally, in the digital economy, uh, the government is creating lots and lots of policies. Um, There are regulators um, changing their their views of things. And uh, for digital advertising specifically, uh, it's it's no different. So for this first policy uh, podcast, what we wanted to do was just take you through at uh, frankly breakneck speed um, and talk you through some of the major uh, policy subjects which we are currently working on, which are um, uh, currently on our desks and also we're expecting to be uh, having a, a big focus on in the coming months and beyond. To kick us off, we have uh, one subject that has been very much front of mind for at least the last six months or so, and uh, and uh, uh, perhaps a bit more. Uh, HFSS, which stands for uh, products that are high in fat, sugar or salt. Um, and it's an acronym that uh, I think everyone at the IAB has become scarily quick at pronouncing through overuse. The government has been uh, coming out with uh, proposals around the advertising of HFSS products. Uh, Christy, could you just give us a, a quick rundown of uh, what the government's proposing and uh, kind of where we're at? Sure. So HFSS did dominate much of the industry's attention towards the end of last year, as you said, James, and for very good reason. To recap, what happened is that the government announced last summer that it intended to ban online ads for HFSS products as well as to implement a 9pm TV watershed and it published a consultation on those proposals in November and so we worked with our members to create a joint response to that submission together with ISBAR and the IPA, the Advertiser and Agency Trade Bodies, which was very much a first in, in my experience at the IAB. But together we felt very strongly the need to object to those proposals on the basis that the evidence doesn't show that they would actually help to address childhood obesity, which was the the reason for the proposal in the first place, according to the government. But in fact, the evidence showed that they would damage the industry. But more importantly, we objected because we felt that there are better, more effective solutions to ensuring that children don't see HFSS ads online. And we've been urging the government to instead work with the industry on these alternatives. And so in support of that, the Committee of Advertising 
CAP that writes the advertising rules and that the IAB uh, is a member of has been working on developing alternative proposals to help achieve the outcome of reduced exposure, but without that collateral damage that a, a ban would inflict. Interesting. So where, where are we at? What kind of happens next? Um, what's, what's the government up to currently? In terms of the government process, we're waiting for them to formally respond to the consultation uh, responses process. So not just the consultation from last year, but the prior consultation that they ran in 2019 uh, around similar questions. So we're waiting for the government to respond to basically say what it has concluded after those consultation processes and what its policy is. So uh, to ban or not to ban really is the question. Um, in the meantime, we're working, as I said, with CAP uh, to talk to government to uh, try to persuade them that actually there's a better way to, to do what they want to do um, and to put forward alternatives that would uh, persuade them to take an industry-led approach rather than a statutory approach. Um, and you know we're working very closely with our members on that and the industry has done a lot of work here in pretty short order to challenge the government on the evidence and to put forward workable alternatives. But we have to remember that everything is political and that's very, very true in this case. The Prime Minister and the Health Secretary are, are very wedded to the idea of an online ban. So the, the cards are very much stacked against us on this one. Okay, well, how exciting. So we wait with bated breath for the, uh, for the government to respond to um, our joint consultation response. I suppose a, a kind of key thing with this as well is that it's, it's obviously a pretty, in and of itself, it's a, it's a pretty big deal, the government just kind of deciding to ban a, a type of online advertising. But there are, I guess, wider implications as well, because if, if the government uh, feels that that's, um, and kind of ultimately lands on a decision that, uh, that it's, it's uh, happy to do that, to just ban HFSS advertising online, then it, it uh, kind of potentially sets a, a dangerous precedent for it any other kind of types of digital advertising or whatever um, type of digital advertising is politically uh, helpful to uh, take against next. Um, and I guess the, the one that's kind of um, after, after uh, HFSS kind of front of mind is, is gambling advertising. The government's uh, currently conducting a review of the Gambling Act, which is very wide ranging. It's certainly not only looking at um, gambling advertising, but advertising is uh, included in that. And obviously, yeah, if there's a kind of um, precedent set around uh, the government banning HFSS advertising, then there's obviously a, a risk that we need to be alive to that, uh, that kind of gambling ads could be next. So um, an interesting one to keep an eye on. So those are potentially very large kind of regulatory changes uh, that, are, that are being proposed. Uh, but whilst those are, uh, whilst kind of that's, that's in the air, um, there is also a new pro-competition regime for digital markets being established at exactly the same time, um, which just to keep things interesting, really. Um, so Chrissy, can you take us through uh, what, the, what the CMA, Competition and Markets Authority, uh, the competition regulator has been up to? Yes, so the CMA concluded its market study last year looking at uh, digital markets and digital advertising. And following the publication of their report, the government announced uh, in its response that it would establish uh, and resource a new digital markets unit from April 2021, which will be housed within the CMA and it would put in place a new pro-competition regime in legislation. So this new unit within the CMA is essentially a new function for them and it would have a specific remit and powers over digital markets, but that requires new legislation. 
The government has said that it will legislate for that as soon as parliamentary time allows, a classic government phrase. Absolutely. But in the meantime, um, in the meantime, uh, officials in government are working on proposals for the digital markets unit itself, uh, so the form and function of that unit, and we are expecting a consultation on the DMU uh, to be published shortly. But in the meantime, the DMU will be set up from April, as the government has said. It won't have a statutory footing at that point because that, that needs uh, legislation, which is yet to come. But it will be focusing on operational preparedness, so essentially getting ready to go live with a new regime as soon as the expected legislation comes into effect, as well as supporting the government on the work it's doing to set up the DMU and to, to develop a new regime. So things like organisational design and developing a new legislative framework. But in the meantime, of course, let's remember the CMA has existing powers that it can and will continue to use. Um, and it's been very clear in its digital markets strategy that they expect to be an increasingly active enforcer in relation to digital markets. So they're certainly not sitting on their hands um, waiting for the new unit and new legislation. They've, they've got existing powers and they're continuing to keep a very close eye on these markets. Okay, interesting. Um, so we, we kind of await legislation for, uh, for the new regulatory body there. Um, and certainly uh, when parliamentary time allows is, is definitely a kind of jargon policy um, phrase, which if you're, if you're playing kind of policy bingo along with the, uh, the episode, you can cross that off. Um, so the, the new regulatory body will be working with um, other regulators, uh, Ofcom and also the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, uh, which is uh, the data regulator for the UK. Um, the IAB has been working uh, very kind of closely with um, things that the ICO has been coming out with for at least the last uh, couple of years, particularly. Uh, and I gather that work is kind of um, picking, picking up steam again, uh, Christy. So after the ICO paused its work on AdTech and RTB last year, which was a consequence of COVID and uh, the priorities that that threw up for them, they have announced that they are resuming their investigation into AdTech and RTB, which um, I'm sure everyone will remember the report that the ICO published in 2019, setting out its concerns about uh, data protection compliance and e-privacy compliance in RTB. So we did a lot of work last year with our members. Uh, we published a range of guidance and resources to help members understand their uh, compliance obligations, uh, particularly focusing on the areas of concern that the ICO highlighted in their report. And all of that's available on the GDPR hub on our website. But this new phase of approach from the ICO is going to take a slightly different tack. So it's going to be audit led and they're going to be focusing on data management platforms and data brokers. I think from members' point of view, it's uh, important to understand that this is a, a different approach than the approach that the ICO took following the publication of its 2019 uh, report. That was uh, very much them kind of going out and about to industry events and, and making sure that, that the industry was aware of its concerns um, and uh, really encouraging companies to make sure that they were uh, compliant and that they understood what they needed to do. This is a very different phase because it's audit-led, so it'll be very much more behind the scenes. So the ICO will be uh, necessarily a lot quieter, as it were, while this work's going on. 
Um, but there will obviously be uh, outcomes to it that will get published uh, in due course. Yeah, very much kind of uh, kicked back into action. Moving on then, uh, wanted to touch briefly on a piece of legislation which we are expecting uh, very imminently from, uh, from the government, which actually uh, doesn't include anything in it about uh, advertising. So why on earth are we, are we talking about it? This is the, um, the online, well, it was the online harms white paper. It's now had something of a rebrand and uh, the legislation is uh, going to be called the online safety bill. The government's uh, looking to publish this pretty soon. Um, and though it doesn't include anything about uh, advertising specifically, uh, despite there being some calls from MPs for it to include things about uh, the likes of kind of scam advertising and things, it's, it's, we're keeping a kind of very, very close eye on it. And it's kind of worth being aware of because it, it's the most kind of uh, active part of the government's kind of digital um, legislative uh, policy making at the moment is this kind of tangible piece of digital policy which is going to attract and uh, potentially frame a lot of uh, the debate about the um, uh, kind of digital economy and digital policy so worth being aware of but uh, yeah as I mentioned that's that's uh, focusing on uh, content and um, uh, mostly user-generated content rather than advertising but Christy the the reason for that is uh, that Advertising has its own separate work stream within government. It does indeed, yes. Um, so DCMS has got a review underway of digital advertising regulation. Um, the purpose of that review being to draw together and coordinate uh, various uh, policy work streams that affect digital advertising. So the review's got three broad areas. One's looking at um, content and placement regulation. One's looking at a fair and competitive market, which we've already talked about in terms of the CMA related work. And then there's a third strand, which is uh, looking at transparent and ethical targeting. So the first focus for the government has been the work around content and placement regulation. There was a call for evidence last year on that. And we are expecting a consultation on proposals for enhancing how online advertising is regulated in the UK. But we have uh, just heard recently that that has actually been pushed back. So we were expecting it in the first half of, the, of this year and it's now been pushed back to uh, the autumn. The autumn. We can set our watches for the autumn. OK. <laughs> yes, that's a kind of six month uh, period pretty much that runs mm. any time from the middle of the summer till the end of uh, Pretty much December, Scratch I think. that one off our bingo cards as well. Um, yeah. Government government timeframes with a with a season attached to them. Okay, interesting. And and uh, the government has has started calling this review uh, its online advertising program or OAP, which is an acronym that um, Christy and I are uh, desperately trying to kind of uh, fight against having to use. But ultimately, I think we'll, we'll we're probably on a losing battle there. And I guess what's interesting about the that kind of wider review of of the uh, of the industry and uh, regulation is that it feeds in kind of quite nicely to the the kind of overall context of what the government is generally trying to achieve uh, in in its digital policies um really uh particularly in a kind of post-brexit world um it, it, the government's been quite open about consciously trying to position the UK as a uh, as a digital leader on the world stage um, which which you know includes creating policies creating new ideas but also um, uh, leading the world potentially or uh, through 
digital regulation as well. Um, so, so it's just being aware, as Christy mentioned at the top, really, that uh, every, everything has politics attached to it. And there's a very, there's a very much a kind of political um, impetus for, uh, for the UK to be leading on, on this stuff. Uh, so that's the kind of a general background, really, that's, that's worth being aware of. Um, the government's trying to lead on, on both reg regulation and, and um, setting the conditions for innovation in the sector, really. And I guess one of the, one of the ways, uh, or almost one of the first steps towards that is the UK achieving adequacy, and an adequacy agreement with the EU um, after Brexit, which, I, which we're tiptoeing closer towards, Christy. Yeah, that's right. So although Brexit feels a little bit uh, last month, last year, <laughs> Not everything is tied up and certainly not data adequacy, but you're right, we are uh, one small step, but hopefully one giant leap closer to being granted data uh, protection adequacy because last month the European Commission published its draft decision uh, to grant adequacy to the UK under EU GDPR. So this is a process that was parallel to all the sort of trade negotiations, but it's actually a separate legal process under the GDPR. So what happens now is that the European Data Protection Board is asked to give an opinion about the UK's adequacy, although they don't actually have a say in the decision itself. And then the decision would need to be given the green light from a committee made up of representatives of the EU member states. If that happens, then the Commission will adopt the adequacy decision. And what that really means in, in practice is that UK is effectively treated for data protection purposes as if we're still within the EU, so our data protection uh, provisions are of an adequate standard, which means that companies don't need to use separate mechanisms or implement additional safeguards to be able to transfer data from the EU or the EEA to the UK. There's more information for members on our website about that on our Brexit hub, which is at iabuk.com forward slash Brexit. So there we go. We thought we were done with Brexit, but no, very much still in the picture. Brilliant. Well, that's uh, all we've got today. Uh, you know, that's a, a little selection of uh, some of the things that we're working on at the moment. Worth me saying, we have a new policy hub on the IEB website. Uh, so well worth checking out. It's got uh, everything on there from kind of latest news to our consultations uh, submissions uh, and everything that everything else that could be helpful, really. Uh, IABUK.com slash policy is where to go and obviously if you have any questions uh, that will require the attention specifically of uh, Christian or me uh, then you can always email us at policy at iabuk.com um, but for now I hope that's been very helpful the IAB UK podcast Christy and James from the IAB's policy and recs team there don't forget, we've got a brand new policy hub on our site, iabk.com forward slash policy, where you'll find a treasure trove of consultation responses, regulatory advice, and how the IAB is engaging with policymakers. And of course, you can find more episodes of this podcast on our site too, or listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.